Hey, hey, welcome to Horns Up. It's the start of another brand new month. We're almost halfway into the year. Yeah, man. I can't have thought we would have reached this stage the way we have. <laughs> yeah, if you told me like in January that I'd be spending at least half the year or at least a quarter of the year indoors, I'd laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> Post summer vacation. Yeah, yeah, extended summer vacation. Extended something. summer vacation, which nobody really asked for. Although we keep pining <laughs> for summer vacation in what used to be normal life. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, on the show today, we are talking to one of the most hottest bands that's come up to the forefront within the past few weeks, and that's Chepang, which is a Nepali band that's currently based in the U.S. and we're talking about them because of their fantastic album chatta which is probably one of the maddest pieces of extreme music we've been subject to this year yeah man i mean uh, it's it's crazy just to see how much it's blown up in the last week or so after it's released and uh, already people are calling it like the grindcore album of the year and stuff so i'm like wow but like the thing about the album right is it's not your traditional grindcore like i'm all the grindcore purists if there are will be like no it's it's this it's that uh, what is this b side tracks uh, that they've done and all of that but uh, i don't know man for for me this is like the moment uh, it's something as experimental and as crazy as something like this i'm totally on board mm true absolutely true i think it's uh, all right for us to say that this is a record and a band that pushes the boundaries of extreme music and is definitely a product of true and open collaboration so we've got uh, chapang's captain bhure and bote ghode tracing the band's journey all the way through chatta and help us understand uh, the band's unique philosophy they don't even think of themselves as a band as such Yeah I mean it's it's really great to hear their take on uh, you know what a band is what is grindcore what is music uh, even the kind of performances and stuff they've got planned out it's really really great to hear their ideas yeah but i have to mention at this point that uh, the audio quality is a bit uh, not up to our standards but uh, hey that's the best that we could have done at that point in time recording so you just have to bear with that so without further ado here they are here is chapang we finally got what is probably the fastest band in this side of the world we've got two members from chapang first can you introduce yourselves uh, for all our listeners uh, i'm sankat lama i'm also known as bote gore also known as uh, master finger i guess <laughs> Yes, uh, my name is Chitiz uh, Mokhtar, and they call me Grandmaster Bude. Apparently, nails in metal archives. I play guitars in Japan. Mutigor is the singer for the band. Yes, thank you, thank you very much. So, how how are you guys do, uh, doing today? And uh, you know, it's really really strange times we live in. So, how are you both doing today? Uh, I think my life in general is the same. Nothing has changed. I'm still working. Um, I mean, I'm used to working remote as well. So 
I don't know. I'm not a really outgoing guy. I just sit at home because I, I got two kids to look after. They're here, so I'm just here inside. Nothing has changed for me except the fact that the scare, uh, the scary part where if I go outside, if, if it hits me and it goes to my family, that's the only part. But uh, that's it. I mean, I'm okay. Yeah, it hasn't affected my life either that much, to, to be honest. I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm like, I'm a very introvert. I stay home too. And the only time I go out is like go for like to practice man or, or, or go play a show or go watch a show. But like, it, it hasn't changed that much. The show aspect is the only thing that has like drastically changed. So besides that, it hasn't really changed that much for me. So, you know, it's been just a week after the release of your latest album, Chat Up. And already a lot of people online are referring to it as the grindcore release of the year. So before we get into the album, I just wanted to get to know, you know, the band uh, slightly better. Now, uh, Shitaj, you were part of Sangarsha and uh, Sanket, you were part of a band called Brut Mukti. So how did your paths cross? Uh, do you all know each other from, you know, gigs or bands in Nepal or did you all meet in the U.S.? I mean, it, it's hard not to know who Chidi you know, is. I mean, he he was in one of the first punk bands in the fall. It was called Inside Two Stupid Triangle, and he used to do vocals, actually. And it, it was hard not to know him, his band, and what he did. And, like, even after I came here, like, the Songars like, was getting a little bit cloud um, in the hardcore scene. And it was the songwriting was really good, so it was hard not to know him. So, and one time I met him in a show um, in Boston, he came in. And that's when I was like, I was like really excited to see all these guys. And yeah, that's how I met him. Yeah, basically, if you put it in uh, like a sentence, uh, Songversa actually brought everyone together to form this band called Japan. That's it. Uh, I was playing in Songversa, and everybody, uh, Botigor liked Songversa. We played together with his band in Brook Mukti. Surya liked Surya, the other drummer, liked Songversa. Gobin was SOU. Uh, I think he went with us a couple of shows in Boston, Maine, doing videography and stuff. Uh, he's not the drummer. And this is how we came together. Songarsa is the root of Japan. How we formed. Japan is more of an extension of Songarsa, to be honest. You know, like that's how I look at it too. Because we all love that. Yeah, but you know, I'm glad you brought up uh, inside uh, two stupid triangles because. Uh, there was a website, uh, Rock Street Journal, back in the day, and yeah, yeah, yeah. One, of, yeah one of the few bands from Nepal listed on there. So even <laughs> back in then, I remember listening to them. So yeah, it goes. Yeah. Oh. there was a picture of us. Uh, I think four of us together in our bassist, our toilet actually. That that was the picture we gave them. <laughs> one holding a toothbrush, one holding something. It was cool. Yeah. Where was this? Ah, oh, really old. Oh. Rock Street Journal. I don't know if you, you had it in your era, but we had this. Uh, the Rock Street Journal was the way for us to actually uh, find out a lot of bands, uh, not only in India, but the whole world. They did reviews. They did interviews. It's a, It was one of the magazines, right, Peter? That's what I would say, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, Amit Segal, uh, rest in peace, man. He yeah. really was a visionary, did so much. I mean... Uh, Animesh also was on the forums and on the website, so he remembers it fondly, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, the magazine, the subscription, the CDs, GIR, getting exposed to Nepali metal through Rock Street Journal. Uh, I remember them featuring Mantra and bands like that, and of course, your band too, all of that. Okay, so um, 
let's kind of bring it back to Chapang. I want to understand why name the band Chapang? Does it reference the community or tribe that uh, is the first result of a Google search for the word Chapang? No, no, no. I mean, there was one of those things that uh, people were using that word as a derogatory term, you know, like, as in like, they say Chapang as like, you know, um, some, someone who doesn't know things. I mean, yeah, because like, they were from a tribal uh, group and an ethnic group and kind of backward, like it had that derogatory term on it. So and Chitis came up with this idea, it was like, no, we're going to be calling that um, our stuff. That. So like people, would we're going to change the whole definition of how people look at it the whole term and yeah and like and now people don't use that um as a derogatory term in Kathmandu at least in the middle yeah. scene I mean, we redefine the whole if, word before us if you look at it you know like you said in your earlier uh, conversation with uh Botegor, right uh Achut, the word Achut that you used is kind of the same thing with japan you know like the the clan and whatnot you know they're you know, people, there's a separate society, there's uh, like really poor people and like people don't want to associate themselves with Japan, you know, not as us, but the, the whole race of Japan thing. But, you know, as Botegor said, I wanted to change that. Now everybody's wearing Japan shirt and everybody talks about Japan and Kathmandu. Like, you know, if you go in Kathmandu, I think the highest band shirt with, with the kids are now in Japan. And they don't realize what Japan is, <laughs> by the way. I guess they realize it, but, you know, in their mind now, something has changed. So, it's sort of like uh, changing the view of what you think about Japan. So just just because you put things in a different different way and put it on a plate for them, like you can see how things change. It's not just like this bad name, but with any other aspect, any other issues, or you take it, like like it changes. Like the power is just like astonishing, amazing. Okay. So why did you guys decide? I mean, I know uh, Sangarsha was a hardcore band, but how did you guys decide to play grindcore? And because of what you said, is that where immigrantcore comes from? I mean, that's the tag you guys picked. Is it immigrant plus grindcore? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, so, I don't think the idea was a grindcore itself. We just wanted to play really fast and heavy and see where it lands. Because like, we didn't really listen to grindcore. Chitish didn't listen to grindcore. Like, going to listen to grindcore, I probably did a little bit. But not not that much either. <laughs> we just wanted to be really fast and really happy. Yeah, I think at that point uh, in my life too, like we, I, I was playing a little bit faster. I mean, it was not really fast. We we're going like more slow. Then I wanted to do really aggressive, like uh, you know, more punk based, fast band. And then Gobinda was you know he was a black metal drummer. Uh, this is how we came out. I mean, I, we had no intention of doing grindcore in general. Uh, I have never listened to grindcore before. Probably the first album I listened to was in 97, Napalm uh, Death, Utopia Banished. I think that was the uh, take that I had. But besides that, I had never listened to Crank. And we it was, just started it, was only on the, it was only on the surface level for me. Like, you know, like we, wasn't, we were not really into that scene or following the thing. I'm not no, I mean, I, I, I didn't know Grindcore or I, I had no intention. We didn't have no intention of starting a Grindcore band. It just happened. And then we were labeled as Grindcore, and we said, you know what, we are immigrants and Grindcore, so we call it a new genre, Immigrantcore. How's that? <laughs> right. And so, which brings us to Lati Charge, right, which was released yeah. in 2016. I mean, yeah. it, it, it really got noticed all over the underground. You guys got covered. Uh, me here in India was listening to it, losing my shit, going like, what? <laughs> Who the hell are these guys? Uh, yeah. And then I discovered like the roots and stuff. But what were you aiming for uh, with that album? And 
you know, did you expect the response that you all got? No, no aim, no response, no nothing. Again, this is what, let me get you a backstory to this. That record was actually recorded when Sangarsa went to tour, kind of the last shows in Baltimore, you know. So we were already going to uh, play a show in Baltimore, and then you know we were starting this new band with particular. Uh, we said, you know what, during that uh, uh, show, we're going to record with Kevin Burstein at Developing Nations in Baltimore. Uh, we'll see how it goes. So we just recorded, and things took off, and everybody liked it. I guess you know we really had no intentions of you know like like this coverage or whatnot. We had no we got, we had not defined the sound. It, it was just natural, like, I would say, you know. Uh, the, the, I, I think the, I, the first tour we were going in, we were in a car, and um, the studio was there, and Gobin was there, and she, we picked up Chitis from his work, and he sat down in the car, and we were like, oh, my wife is pregnant, um, and this is going to be our last EP. That's what he said, because, like, we hadn't really released it or anything like that, and it's like, this is just going to be our last EP, and, like, this is it. And well, we're all cool with it. I don't know, we didn't really think anything of it. And here we are, we have like four records now, five records. I don't know. Every record is the last record for us. <laughs> oh, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Hey, uh, so, yeah. so at this point, I should bring up because I remember seeing a post you guys did while y'all were recording Chata. And uh, I asked Shitty, just like, are you guys pulling off a slayer by any chance? <laughs> I love, I love, I love. I love deflections, by the way. I love confusion. Uh, if you if you get if you ever had a chance to interview Aaron from Narvaltar, you should do because he's a grand core encyclopedia. He he will tell you how hard it is to work with me. <laughs> Everything changes every second. Like this is why Chata took, took one year. Actually, we were recording at the very moment this this day last year in Collins Studio. Last year, yeah, we were in the studio. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was supposed to come out in August or July or whatnot, and here we are after one year because I changed my mind hundred times. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Oh no, I can't do this. You know, kind of thing. So, and Bodego well, knows too how we. Yeah, I know. Like the record is like just came out right now, but we are so over it because it was for last year. We're like moved on. We're like thinking about other songs. Like we're like so moved on right now. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, lovely. So before we get uh, talking about Chatta more in detail, I'd like to first understand what does the word Chatta mean? Yeah, Chatta. Chatta is like a slang word when you say nice, you know, like, okay, how was your date with, uh, with your girlfriend, you know? Was she hot? Chatta, you would say, yeah, nice, you know. <laughs> you see, <laughs> so every every besides Lati Charles, I think the other other record, Dadero, Tale of Wild, Fire, Chata, it does not have any meaning with the album itself. It's just like uh, deflections, and it doesn't mean anything. You know, it's just like the next album they, is gonna be. We're, we're, we're most, very spontaneous band, but like whenever yeah. we decide with a word or something like that, whatever comes in that moment when we're all there, whatever comes in our yeah. mind, like we just say that. Yeah, exactly. That way we keep it organic, I guess. <laughs> okay. I think we were using that slang for a while in our two. So we have this chat going with the band members plus other friends called uh it's you know the group chat is called uh Usley Grind Core, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Usley Grind Core. I know I know you guys probably mean, uh know what Usley and Grind Core is, core being core. Yeah, in the in there we were using the word chata a lot of times last year, so we decided hey, you know what? So the word for last year was uh chata and that's the album chata and this year is swata so you never know. <laughs> Next record probably is Swatta, you know. <laughs> so is so is it Chatta as in like nice or is it Chatta yeah. as in like nice? 
Yeah, just nice. Just nice. Not nice, long, but nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, so you know, coming straight to the album, uh, you'd sent me the album, Shitaj, and I still yeah. remember going through like the first three, four songs, and the uh-huh. first initial reaction I had was, "You guys are crazy." <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, you did mention uh, to me that you know a lot of it was improvised. and talking about you know the whole process right now that you did uh, how did it all come together i mean was there some sort of plan or was it just like a spontaneous uh, whole recording process so uh, i would say the album in itself uh, the way we i mean it's not the album the main core of the album is not spontaneous because uh, actually me and gobind uh, and botego we worked hard on it because the way we wrote it was like we wrote each song as if it was a flow of song right so we started with song number 1 we finished that we went move on to the song number 2 so the whole record is really feels as one you know the side a part uh, you know from one besides i would say the number 13 song krishna which is more spontaneous so the concrete part of it was not spontaneous but the other parts to it with the with the with the saxophone with the uh, electric acoustics uh Uh, calling shredding he was shredding oh it's probably yeah it's a little bit spontaneous on in the same yeah. the the yeah. main core of it is like because i know like chidi has worked a lot on like the flow of the thing because like sometimes even believe it or not i still don't know the song name i know i wrote the lyrics i know i i don't know the like the, the and i don't mm-hmm. even know like which one comes in first or second because like we flow in a certain way that when we start because even when we play it like we play from the first song to the last song i like, had the one song so i don't know which song comes in which number Because we play it that way, because it flows so well that yeah. I don't need to know. Yeah, we, we nowadays we uh, except one song we play the whole song like on the flow and uh, it's 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 like it's like one song you know you don't even know it's just natural. So this is how we wrote there yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Every song is complete in itself, but it's a puzzle kind of thing. But the whole album is complete too. It's just like one big song. Yeah. Well, which is a beautiful concept. Like I, I give like a lot of props to Chitty for that. Like. Oh, the, he was like, I remember five in the morning. He would like send us like riffs played by his mouth. He was like, "How is this?" You know, like five in the morning. He's like, "We barely just woke up, and he's like, 'It's good to go. Like, let's do this.'" <laughs> yeah. right. Okay, but uh, if it's like meant to be one whole song, how does that translate to when you eventually perform it live? We are. You guys remember I mean, each and every bottom. each and every riff, each and every turn, each and every nuance, or is it mass, massive like improvisation? If no, no, we play the song as, as a whatever it is. We just play the whole thing. Um, yeah, like and if you song. so if you take now uh, we we have a new member which is Derek. We call it Reckless Life. He does our uh, samples and he does electronics for us. Um, the saxophone part uh, and everything he plays it on the sample, you know, from the start. Oh. But then he adds a layer of uh, electronic and noise on top of the samples. and in between the songs would be stopped there is a sample or there is a uh, kind of noise going on so it's just like a one like big thing going on so basic yeah. so you know you did uh, talk about this a bit earlier so on the opening track right pahila bait uh, yeah. uh, you hear the initial part which is a saxophone now that's an instrument yeah. that you don't normally associate with metal far less like with the genre like grindcore so i heard uh, yeah met met ramisen right who's contributed yeah, to it 
Rasmussen. How did she become a part of the album? How did that come about? So that is more to do with Bote Gore, probably me as well. So uh, before Mete, we met uh, Tashi Dorze. I don't know if you know. Tashi Dorze is like a really great improvising acoustic jazz artist that improvises. Uh, he contacted us in uh, Instagram and that's how we talked. And at one point, I think he was going to tour and come to uh, New York City to play with Mete. They play as a duo. Yeah. And this is when we thought like, you know, let's try to align our dates, our recording dates when they come and maybe they can contribute. Uh, we never thought like, okay, you know, it's going to sound cool. Uh, I, I don't know how it's going to sound, you know. We just came there and then we, we, I think we had recorded all the drums and the guitar part and everything. I think, I don't know about the vocals, but then I just told Mete, because I had a my, in my mind, like, you know what, if it would be cool in the intro and a couple of songs in the middle and at the end we all do free jazz stuff and they came in, they probably stayed two hours or so, right? And yeah, then, they didn't even yeah, say that. They, 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 yeah, they were yeah. playing a show that night. Oh, wow. Exactly, that's what I said. Yeah. So they came, they came in, to they did the, the show. thing. Where yeah, she's like, she banged it out and they were like, all right, peace out. And actually, I went to the show too later on. So Shetaj did link me to the show that they did. I'm not sure if it's the same one, but yeah, they're, they're quite a crazy act. Uh, other guest appearances on the album, I mean, you've got the grindcore uh, legend, uh, Takafumi Matsubara, uh, Tashidori, of course, you said, and of course, uh, someone who we've spoken to on the podcast, uh, Colin Marston. So, I mean, yeah. Colin produced the album, so he was in the studio. But how did the rest mm -hmm. of them uh, kind of become part of or contribute to the album? So I think the way it works, I am, like I said, really random, like the way I think so while Making while recording the songs, and I started to think, you know, oh, you know what? In this part, Colin would like just leave it, like, like I won't play anything. Colin will play, uh, tapping thousand taps on top of it. You know, it might sound cool. This is how I had the stuff, and for Takafumi too, like while recording the, I think the song, the two songs, I thought, you know what? Let's do a like double double uh, stretch stuff. At one point, Takafumi will come, and then at the point, uh, Divas will start shredding too. So it just feels like a blur. I think the number 12 song at the end, it just feels like two guitars going left and right, you know, kind of thing. That's how I, uh, on the spot, basically. Wow. While recording, I thought about it. That, that's me. I'm really, we are, I mean, it's Bodegor too, and as a band, us, we are really sporadic and the way we think. I think in live too, we have done like free saxophone jazz, on top of our grindcore set, yeah. we have done freestyle rap at one point. Yeah, while we did, yeah, yeah, that was, let me tell you a story. <laughs> we did a tour with this band called Test in Brazil. Yeah, we played yeah. Saint Vitus. At the and while playing, I was like, you know what? It would be cool once we finished. Uh, uh, Gobinda walks out, and the the drummer from Test joins in, and we have a friend that's that raps. Dipes's friend, the other vocalist friend, he will rap freestyle and then divas will play free solo on top and we did it on the moment yeah. on the spot no on practice the, on the spot. <laughs> everybody was like what the fuck is going on <laughs> bro so like, hey, like you know the, the main skeleton of the song we all know what's going on and we keep it very simple and but everything else on the top and we improvise on it so that way every show becomes different too and we're not covering our own song every single show we're giving something else to it so you can come and see our show like like 10 times in a row but you will see something different every single show we never do the same thing again i don't know we've ever played the same set ever in our life it's always oh. something different 
And when we walk yeah. in, no, like I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, like, anything <laughs> can happen. <laughs> so you just have to be ready for it. Wow. Yeah. So wow. last show we played in Brooklyn, uh, Brian Fardo, like he joined in the drums and like, you know, like all of a sudden yeah. he just like dropped his guitar because he was like, oh, I don't have strength anymore. He like, his broke his strength. And so I got when we were spreading and Brian Fardo with the other drums. I was like, I guess Brian's on the drums now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that was it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I broke all my strings during our set, and the next one was supposed to be Shaka for me to play his song. And I just went, I, 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 you know, we were like intense, everything was going on. I just walked out of the stage, you know, and they were waiting for me. These dudes were waiting for me. And then all of a sudden, Brian comes in. I, I sent Brian in. I was I trying to find Brian. All of a sudden, he joins in, and we just. And then uh, uh, another band starts, you know, Taka from Music Band starts. <laughs> Gobin goes out, Taka, Brian joins, it was crazy, yeah. That, that was you nice have show. to be very extremely open-minded, and when you walk in, like, not just in a live show, or like, even go, when even go into a studio, you have to be so open-minded that anything is possible, and do not hold back. And, like, whatever you want to do, creativity, whatever, like, you focus on yourself. Whatever comes from on the other end, don't try to control it. Just let it go. And everybody, that way, like, everybody has, like, 100% creative freedom. And nobody is, like, you know, trying to dictate what else the other person is doing. Like, you want to come there and just do a random song and, like, just want to sing it? Do it. Please, by all means. Like, no one's going to stop you from doing it. Make sure it's good, but, like, just do it. So that okay. way, it just sounds crazier and crazier. Like, if you listen, there's, like, 14 people that work on this album, probably. But, like, nobody is, like, you know, butting heads with each other. It's, like, it random. It works out. So maybe okay. that's the reason because like everybody has their own creative freedom. We don't dictate but like the skeleton thing, we write it, but after that, do whatever the fuck you want. Nobody cares. Hmm. That's 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 really awesome and that's such a different philosophy as such from most other bands or anything of that sort, especially within these kind of genres of music. Um so let me let me phrase it in, in this manner then when there is so much of creativity and when there is so much of freedom that's allowed for all the members of this band or for all guest musicians, etc. Uh, how do you guys know what is Japan level of quality? There is, so, there is no quality or stuff like that. I mean, for, 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 like, I mean, we don't think we are a band. It's just like we're brothers. Like, you know, it's a family kind of thing. We just go to the studio and having fun. Like, there's no band number, like, set number of people. Like, we don't think like that. It's like anybody can be, like, we have this collective called Gurkha Commander Blast, uh, Blast Team. And, like, anybody who is in there can come and do whatever you want to do. So if you don't have that mentality of a band, it doesn't really matter. So do whatever you want to do. So it just makes you honest that way. This goes, I think, to your question. This goes to the whole fact of, you know, how metal in general has been so generalized where people make these rules. Uh, you know, it has to be triggered. It has to be played in metronome. You know, it has to be a certain quality. You know, the, the mastering, the mixing, whatnot. We are really the opposite of that, the way we do things. You know what I mean? Uh, for me, in general, uh, what what is the point of playing, like, this aggressive hard, like, like anti-social music, if you want to put it in a box, you know, I, I, I don't want to do it anymore because that's not me, you know, I don't want to saying, you know, I want to play this metal, this type of metal, this type of music, this type of uh, quality or whatnot. This is how the band works in general. So quality really does not define us. There is no quality, zero. We are all shit. That's what I, I, what I say. <laughs> you do whatever you want. 
spoken yeah. like an yeah. absolutely whole, true yeah, punk and grindcore band, I must say. Yeah, <laughs> the whole point of it, like playing an extreme music is you're being rebellious to a certain thing. You know, like I call it anti-music or grindcore or stuff like that. If you're not living up to it, what's the point of even doing it? No, especially I think music. I get that. And I think if you if you look at it, uh, you know, especially in grindcore, uh, you know, there is a level of uh, grindcore police. That was that's what we call it. Grindcore yeah. cops, grindcore cops, false grind, uh, gore grind, death grind, BPM, and all of that stuff. Uh, and we are not that, you know. We are, you know, uh, don't call us you know, a grindcore band and then put it, put us pull it, pull us in all these uh, subgenres and you know rules and whatnot. We are not that, you know. We look different, we play different, and it is what it is. This is natural for us, you know. Uh, yeah. Okay, so so then allow me to ask you this. Uh, you know, the kind of music that you guys are playing, it's um, similar kinds of music are largely known for a message of dissent or, you know, just as a vehicle to voice some ideologies or opinions or something of that sort. Um, I mean, we get some idea of the songs because of the similarity with the Hindi language. So we mm -hmm. can make out a couple of words here or there. Overall, really, is there some sort of a message that uh, strings the entirety of Chatta together? The idea uh, would... itself, it doesn't really, I mean, the lyrics is, it doesn't really coincide together. Um, lyrics is like more of a poetry I wrote for this album. Um, okay. Yeah, like I wrote, in, I write up more about like the sociopolitical issues and stuff like that. But like, I, and again, I don't really like, usually I would write something, a summary kind of thing in English, but this time I didn't want to write anything at all. Like, I don't know why, like from, from, I don't know the exact reason. It's very hard to explain. From the gut inside, I did not want to translate it. I just want to just let it be just the way it is i don't know why like he's been asking me to translate it for some reason i just don't want to do it and like okay going with the god instinct maybe there's a reason for it someday i might be able to explain it but i don't know like it's, okay, i think it's fine. uh personal it's he has his own personal lyrics in there uh the way thing he you know way he works like 14 hours and shit like that uh, here uh, in the states and how to you know still he's he's the same shit where where he was like ten years ago but there are some lyrics as well where he does talk about socio political issues where you know he he expresses his discontent for what whatever is happening not only in Nepal but in the whole world in general so yeah there is that root of punk you know stuff that, in um, there is this last. For the last song, um, I remember um, I, used, I was living in Boston at that point, and I was coming to New York to practice. And it was on the Chinese bus, and I fell asleep. And when I right when I woke up, it was like over the bridge, and then I could see that the whole in New York and the Manhattan lines and stuff like that. And for some reason, it clicked in my head that we're trying to be, uh, we're trying to play God, and we're not actually becoming human. And we're trying to act God, and it just clicked in my head, and that's what I wrote down: we're trying to play God too much. And that's one of the lyrics for it. Like, it's something like that, you know, like what I feel, I just write that. And there's like no, I'm not trying to start a movement or anything like that. It's just like my- There, there is one like, I, I really like what he did for the first time in my life. I really like his lyrics. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate vocalists and I hate lyrics. I don't give a shit, no, I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, uh, there is one line that he says really means, means a lot. He says, uh, I think it's number two track, right? I don't know. Brahmit. Uh, he says, Parivartan uh, Dhong Matrai Ho. That means uh, change is just a fantasy. Or uh, fucking. Well, how do you say it in English, bro? Uh, 
Um, Dong, the, just deception? It's just, yeah, it's, it's a deception. Dong is a deception, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I, I can't uh, trust it. Yeah, that, that line I liked it, you know. That's the only line I like it up from the album. Huh? Everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what's really funny? I think in 2019, oh, you sent me a message. You was like, yo, this lyrics is really good. From Latin in 2019, from like three years later on, he was like, you finally read the lyrics. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Out of three years, like really. <laughs> I'm sure he was doing like a repress or something and was reading. No, I, I think it was it was just something with the legal thing, but we're not gonna go with that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. So we've spoken so much uh, so much about uh, this album. We'd like to play a song from it. Which one should we play and why? Uh, uh let me think. Uh, whatever. Uh, okay, let's vote. What he wants to play and then mine. Let's play Pakhandi. Pakhandi. So Pakhandi. He likes the most generic song. Obviously, he's a vocalist. Uh, <laughs> oh my! I really like the lyrics too. Uh, if you want me to translate the lyrics on that one, okay. Let's 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 play, like. let's play Pakhandi and tell him what is this part. Yeah. Yeah. Sankit, okay. what so, is Pakhandi? What did we just hear? Pakhandi means hypocrite. Um, that's what it is. And uh, there's this part that I say, Larokha Machik Ne Pakhandi Bhuri Wadi. So Larokha means eat my dick. Machik means motherfucker. Pakhandi means hypocrite. And Rudi Wadi means conservative, you know, someone who cares about conservative. So yeah, like I'm last saying that um, it's kind of related to people who are like one talk too much about um, separation, separating things, like, you know, putting up borders and things. It's like, oh, you are this, I am that. Um, so the song is about that. And I don't like that concept of borders in general. I, remember, I believe everything should be free to travel and stuff like that. There shouldn't be any constants. And let, let be open borders all over the world and let, like, free migration happen and see how the world transforms. Maybe, like, every issue the world is seeing right now is because of borders. I don't like that concept of borders. And so the song is about that. I love it. I uh, love doing that live, you know, just because it's like catchy and stuff. I, I love it. I love it. I know, I, I know there's like a whole issue going on between uh, in Nepal and India about uh, the, the border issues. The, migra- the migrant workers right now, yes. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm like sitting there, I was like, yeah, maybe like don't have a thing called border and see like nobody would have any issues right now. Why are you even like fighting over things that are imaginary and somebody did like sign a contract like 100, 200 years ago. It's like, I didn't sign that contract. You know, why are we all doing it? Like, why are you separating a line? Like, why are you saying that you were different than I am? We are not different. 
nobody's different for anything. You know, like, I don't get that thing. It, it, it bugs me a lot. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, let's, coming back to the album, let's just focus a little bit more on it. Uh, let's talk about the B side of the album. Uh, that's a huge talking point in most of the reviews too. Because all those, those remixes, right? Uh, the four songs, the four remixes, uh, remixed by artists like Deaf Kids, Test and others. Uh, why were these remixes necessary? And what purpose really do they serve? And like, let me put this, let me put this one way. Uh, I'm being very honest here. I really enjoyed those tracks. Okay. So, so don't don't go by uh, most of the reviews. I don't know why they seem to be dissing it. No, so to, they, they don't. I mean, I, I love the reviews, but there was thank you very much around who like this and second like, reviews. But there's another point that you're not seeing. We don't. Again, we're not just we're not a band. You know, we collaborate with people that we connect. With. And if somebody can do something else besides just playing instrument and crying, if they want to do something, and we want them to do it, we want them to collaborate with us. And all those remixes are part of one or part of those. And looking at bigger pictures, we're not like we're not just a grind core fan. You know? We're just trying to make music in here. And it doesn't like all the like for the grind elitists and pushes, that's like one of the biggest fuck here. So like we would do whatever the fuck we want to do. And you're like, I'm not gonna listen to you. If you want to put remixes in there, that's why we're putting remixes in there. So like it doesn't have to be a grind regular strictly just grind fuck that shit. My, my inspiration of putting that remixes is a Rob Zombie, more human than human. I am more grindcore than more grindcore than you. You know, more grindcore than grindcore. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it reminds me of that uh, Brian Portion song, right? You know that Brian uh, parody song, Metal by metal Numbers. Man, metal by Numbers, or more metal I've than you. I've never heard that. Oh, oh I've actually, never heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's, is it good? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's that, funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. But uh, I mean, come on, uh, uh, adding EDM or adding whatever, making a remix, it's it generally, if done properly and if done with some love and with done some respect, always yields good results. Yeah. So okay. the, 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 the track with Reckless Life, the reason that we're, we were here in our band now, because that when you play it live, when that noise is coming and we're playing live, you have no idea the intensity that comes in. Like it hits you yeah. right in your yeah. face. Like the PA hitting on your face, like the all extreme noise. And we're going crazy yeah. in the first place. And when the crazy so, noise comes in, in the face, it's like, talk about grindcore. It will blow your mind, guaranteed. Yeah. I can absolutely picture that, man. Like the, that level of bass and that level of sub-bass just hitting you. Woof. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 Nowadays in the live, uh, when he plays, uh, when uh, once we're done with our set, he goes on plays that too alone, at the end, and it pretty sounds gnarly. And the fact that it pisses the uh, you know the sound engineer because he's he's almost there clipping everything, you know. <laughs> so yeah, usually when we do sound test, he is like, uh, can I can I get more of this like uh, outside in the PA? The engineer be like, no, bro. That thing is already <laughs> clipping everything. <laughs> it's clipping, and I love the fact that it's clipping everything. He blew up our two of our monitors in our oh, Yeah, on the first when he joined. day. <laughs> yeah, on the first day. He joined, uh, yeah, actually, he blew up two monitors. I forgot, yeah. And we had to get a whole setup PA, like <laughs> professional setup PA, just to have him on the band, because he blew up everything. So, so, so you know, Animesh talked about it, but what I love is how somebody described this. Uh, the B-side tracks, which he said, they've said a relentless head fuck in a gnarled web of GABA, Electra, and dub hybrids. 
I mean, how do you go about creating something like this? Because I mean, uh, was it something that, you know, you decided similar to how your strategy was earlier, who works on which track? Or did you just like take it like reckless life here? This is something test. Of course, you did the split with them. How did that come about? I I sort of forgot how like you just were like kept talking about like having remixes on it. Yeah, yeah. So what what yeah, what, what yeah what steps out of it is that I knew Nicholas Lab what he did and I knew others what they did. So I thought like why if I give stems of every instrument and give them whatever they want to do with it, uh, let's see what what it comes out and that's what it comes out. There's no intention. And again, uh, Lobby did something with the uh, uh, dubstep the first track. I was completely amazed. I did not, uh, I did not even realize. Like, I did not. I had not hoped. Like, you know, I did not have. Like, it was like crazy. I mean, it's just random. Everybody did this shit. So, <laughs> there was supposed to be one more track, um, which never got made. Um, which is with Sir Vix, I think. Um, but he couldn't finish on time. He was on a tour, and I was really looking forward because he is even one of the other, other crazy. Um, but that couldn't be, he couldn't finish on time. But yeah, I mean, even like when I listened to the first time, it blew my mind. I was like, how did this happen? Like, I didn't see that. I didn't picture it. And that's the best part about it. Like, you will never know what's going to happen until the very end, like at that point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so you did mention this earlier. And again, I'm calling it uh, a label. You, you described it as a collective, the Gurkha Commando Blast team. I mean, last year, you all put out the excellent uh, Takofumi uh, Matsubara album. Do you plan on doing something more? Any more releases? Uh, what's yeah, yeah, the plan yeah. for that? So the, I think the second release uh, from that, that is purely us. Uh, uh, the second release will be the, the, the band. Uh, I don't know if you know Bandit. Do you know the band Bandit? Yeah, yeah. Fucking love them. Yeah, so they're full length, uh, which they are recording soon. Uh, it'll be uh, probably out this winter. That's the second one we're doing. We put, I think I want to do like, we want to do like one release per year. Okay. To keep it really, because it's a lot of work, you know. Because I'm the one who's sipping. Fuck you, Saket. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh, let's do it. I, I'll help you out. And the pandemic happened. I can't even call now. The record is with them. I don't even have a, like a copy of record right because it's with them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, but uh, if you go back to Gurkha Commando Blast team, so what we started was like a collective, right? Now what has morphed into something more than a label and a collective is that. Now we are a franchise. You know the way, way franchise works in a band? I don't know if you've heard about it. So we have members in every continent. They perform as Chipang. So we are <laughs> Gurkha Command, Commando Blast Team Incorporated. So you can go to South Omega, you can see Chipang playing in a big show or something with different members. You can go to Nepal, you'll see different members. You go to Europe, you go to different. Maybe in India, we might some have, we might have some people too. <laughs> Hey, I, so I, need I, to, uh, I volunteer, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you've got yeah. bass. Uh, yeah. If you, if you want someone bass going crazy, vocals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bass man, like we have no use for you. We like we use every instrument besides bass in our band. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Uh, bass is in for some reason. <laughs> I'll increase. I'll increase treble and reduce my bass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now, um, while while reading about your band as such, there was a lovely line that's on your Bandcamp page too, which uh, which comes from Toilet of Hell, which describes Japan as the world's first Nepali grinders from the U.S. 
which led me to think of something and this is a very honest innocent question from me um is japan in any way for all of you a way to stay connected to your nepali roots considering you guys are so heavily featuring the nepali language etc on it the, the language itself is only because like i feel very comfortable writing on it. you know that that being my first language i am not a nationalist or anything like that i mentioned before like i don't like the control borders either i mean I, where i happen to be born in nepal by accident mm-hmm. i didn't write an application to it i am not i can't there's no reason for me to be proud of that i was born and i didn't write an application to be born there. you know like i have nothing to do with it I, like i was i was born there but it's just more more of a comfort level and it was a roots like i was born uh so that's the only side and like yeah, people write that way from the wall too much i mean if i was given an option myself i would never even mention that okay so i don't know if this is a good question to ask as such but uh, again with what's happening in the united states of america at the moment and the city of new york which is a huge melting point uh, melting pot as such and given the socio political landscape etc what's it like for a nepali band in new york it's great people love it people are, we have so much supporting here it is insane that's fantastic insane. to hear it feels like home for us you know every time we play a show in new york like it it feels like we're playing a home show um it's 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 crazy it's crazy the, the amount of love we get the amount of support we get is it's insane it's insane so we uh, we do give back meaning that we do go to other shows we do uh branch out with other bands we play with other bands so it's just like and you guys are really really good uh, i don't like the word scene but you know it, it has a good support and every genre of music because it's such a big city with so many uh, people so many different kinds of people okay which which kind of brings me uh, to the other side of things uh, i know you guys uh played uh, play quite often in nepal and in december you all played at the silence festival and also a few more shows that you did and now that uh, shidit talked about you know the franchise where you all have different members playing so uh what's the response like from uh, nepal are you all seen some kind of heroes uh, back then considering all the uh, acclaim that you all have got all over the world uh, i don't know i see uh, hero Yeah, uh, just you know, kids like it because you know, and then mo- most of the kids in Nepal like they have access to music or whatever in the internet, right? So whatever is buzzing in the internet, they will listen to it, right? But they will move on. In ten years, these kids won't listen to Blind Pool or Chapai anymore. So uh, we're not. There's a hype we're, right now, and so they're yeah. all there. Yeah, we're we're villains. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there there are people who really love us in like in a sense that they really supported there like you know they they actually listen for the for the reason that we play and um like Vinod Karke the 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 YouTube hero of like watching Frank or his friend Paul like he supports us all the time you know and but this is just hype and you know? it will filter out in a couple of years and you can see that happening and no matter what they say you know like, grind is in the blood and metal is in my blood yeah like we'll talk about it here some more <laughs> all right but i must say though that all that hype is well deserved which then leads me to the next question um and this is our final one it could be perhaps the longest which is uh, what is really next for japan <laughs> as of as of last week we might have a different plan um 
I don't know what happened today. Like we woke up just now. I mean, our plan changed every single day, you know. But two weeks ago, we had a different plan. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like someday some you'll wake up and feel in a certain way. Something clicks in your head, and like we share with the band, and like my my uh, yeah. If you put things into perspective, you know where we are and what we have done, like from 2019, because chapter is from 2019. We've really moved on from that part. That is. You know, like I think we're more moving into non-structured songs, without structures, more freeform, and that is what what's coming in the next future if you do anything. And it will be called again, like I said, like you said, and it's not a joke. It will be called Swatta, you know, Swatta. Uh, that's where we are moving in general, the direction, the freeform, more structured music. That's hopefully we can pull it off. Uh, I have some crazy ideas uh, that I've shared with the dudes. Uh, I think my idea is to play as like uh, two bands, you know, left and right. One drummer left, one drummer right, and two different musicians, one guitarist, another guitarist on the side, electronics in the middle, and not playing the same as we play right now, but different in different times. And when we need it, we hit it, we play together at certain times. That's conceptually what we're thinking, but I don't know if my change tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a conceptual thing we're gonna enter with that and i don't know how it's gonna come out and how we're gonna actually end up doing it and we which might be a completely different case when we record it and when we do it live after that which might be completely different so that's your part for you fantastic um, <laughs> yeah wow awesome. i just hope you guys keep doing whatever it is you guys are doing man because you guys are doing something really fucking great with the, with the help of COVID, Martin, I listened to your, the, the podcast uh, two weeks ago. It was like great. Yeah, that I was a that cool guy one. So much. Yeah. No, you, you, you got him with the objectives, by the way. We, 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 so Colin, Colin, so is a man you, Colin is a man you never get. Because he's like so a man of, you know, he's an encyclopedia in terms of yeah. life and music in general. But you guys got him. You got him thinking. There's a saying I said, there's like, there's no God, no masters, no ideal, but there's COVID. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping this one in, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. he, he's insane. He's insane. Like, there, there's a quote that he said in one of the other interviews says, uh, uh, sometimes imperfect is a perfect thing. You can't yeah. recreate that. Yeah, yeah. The way he looks at things and the way he processes things is insane. And we all lie to each other. Like when we go to the studio, when, you know, we'll say something to him very vague. Like because we're thinking in our head, it, it makes sense in our head. And we're like trying to explain that. In one shot, he will get it and like pull that off. Like exactly. And I'm like, how do you even get that? Even I'm like only like trying to form that in my head. And he knows exactly what I'm talking about. He's a genius. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait. So Shitaj was telling me you're like doing the whole thing with uh, Cult Nation next month. I can't wait to see that, dude. That'll be insane. What, whatever you all pull off, because I'm sure by then it'll be something completely different. <laughs> and the yeah, crazier the, the... idea it is, and the mm-hmm. most, come up with the most craziest idea and pitch it to Colin, and he will get even more excited. The crazier yeah, the idea, the sure. more, more excited he gets. So right now we're uh, talking about technical stuff with the, you know, the guy who's going to do the video and stuff like that. So we had no clue about these cables that he needed, you know, called RJ45s and whatnot. And he was asking oh, really? technical, yeah, yeah, some technical, okay. like, you know, video, you know, you probably know, but we don't know. So I just put, I just asked Colin to hope he ha- he knows it and he knew everything. You know? Like he knew like the RJ45s or what kind of cable you need, what kind of, you know, it, it was like, this dude knows everything. You know, like cameras. I mean, he's a, he's an encyclopedia. Yeah. 
Which and then, he's one of those things that I think he believes that, you know, the information should be free. And he's like very excited to share the knowledge. For some people who don't share the same concept, probably might think something else of it. Because like, again, he's like a nerd. No, he's like, he genuinely loves getting knowledge and sharing the knowledge. Yeah. So if you pass everything else, like he was like, yeah. On that note, we've kept you for quite a long time. It's early. I hope this was a good start for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, my brain went somewhere else. This is good. Yeah. We've been talking for a while, Shritij and I, so I'm glad we finally got to do this <laughs> interview. Finally, right? Yeah, yeah, finally. <laughs> wow, I can't wait to see Japan in whatever shape and form if they do finally realize their plans of global domination with a different lineup in different countries. <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of what happened uh, at the silence uh, festival because i remember talking to uh, our friend kaushal from godless and he was like yeah dude uh, i don't think uh, it was the same lineup from the us that was there at the silence festival but uh, i did see a few videos and it's absolutely crazy as i described them and this is of course before they released cheta right so it it looked like a Chetta said. <laughs> mm-hmm. Could this be a dawning of a new age or time when bands become multinational corporations and basically uh, global brands instead of bands and have employees, local employees, in a bid to go global? <laughs> you just made that sound like so corporate. <laughs> Obviously, I was having fun with it. Because that's, yeah. that's exactly what a corporate would do. Yeah, yeah. A corporate that's bent on world domination. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not insinuating anything over there. I think Japan are on to a fabulous thing. And if they do manage to do that, hey, the world's a better place for it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, I completely forgot in the start, but uh, big shout out to Anoop Bhatt, uh, the great artist based out of Bangalore and also manager for Dairaki. It's because of him that I got onto Chepang because he had done the artwork for Sangarsha, which was the band prior to uh, Chepang that kind of spawned it all. So, yeah, I'm glad he put me onto them. And it's been like, what, the last four or five years now? Mm, I think Anoop is slowly shaping up to be one of the most crucial representatives of the Indian scene as such. And, yeah. And yeah, this goes out as an open invitation. We definitely, like we, we, the three of us have already discussed recording a podcast uh, with him, uh, getting him as an episode, but we just haven't yet figured out what's the best way to do it because most of his work is so visual. If you've got any ideas for us as to how to bring uh, somebody like Anub Bhatt on the show and what to talk to him about so that it doesn't get boring or an audio format, please do let us know. We are open to suggestions. You can do so by reaching out to us at hauntsofpod.com. We are also on Twitter. We are at hauntsofpod. I'm at Asbo Ani. I'm at Trent Crusher. Until the next time, hauntsof. Hauntsof, please.